0: April 20th, 2022, fresh off of Boston Red Sox, lost to the Toronto Blue Jays, 6-1, to one, right? 6-1, to one. I'm not crazy, there wasn't an extra run in there at the end while I was setting up this podcast. No, you're not crazy, 6-1. to Alright, 6-1, to 5-run, second inning from Nick Pavetta, um, the Red Sox fall to 6-6, six six, 12 games in the season as always, Spencer Wellington with me, and uh, Spencer, uh, I have to start off with the obvious, which is that you... Uh, had a pretty big prediction to start the year, which was Nick Pavetta, All Star, uh, with an ERA of ten point zero three through three games. How we feeling? What's the what's the confidence level?
1: Um, I don't know what you're talking about. My prediction <laughs> was that uh, Nick Pavetta would be terrible through his first three starts, and that's what's happened. Um, so no, it's listen. big it's, numbers he'd um, so
0: have to put up for an All Star appearance now.
1: Yeah, he would have to go on quite the roll from from here. Because what did he last, what, two innings last time out? Yeah, two innings. He probably should have only lasted two innings this time. I don't know, he just, like, he doesn't look sharp, you know, the last two. I mean, his first start was fine in Yankee Stadium. It was fine. He just, like, went a little bit too long. So, Mm -hmm. you know, he seemed fine in these last two starts. I don't know if it's because it's cold and he's, a little like, you know southern bitch or something like that i don't know he just his command is off and he's getting rocked so it uh it's it sucks for the red sox and it sucks for me most importantly
0: i was gonna say listen uh i have to really enjoy this because this is one of the few times that i also have remembered that you're incorrect and then i've yeah it doesn't happen that often no i mean but we're gonna start i have to start keeping track we're gonna keep dexterity on the podcast so that people can know yeah. this so this is number one we're listen we're only like two weeks into the season so this is already number one uh <laughs> yeah, meanwhile meanwhile uh my bold prediction not to brag uh was alex verdugo oh, you would never brag hitting over no never hitting over 300 uh which is what he is currently doing
1: currently doing uh, yeah
0: <laughs> so i mean i
1: thank god we have 150 more games left to play
0: (laughs) well yeah absolutely there's a lot more uh season left to play but obviously some things to talk about already um and going off of you know our discussion quick here by nick pavetta um just the starting rotation in general like we've seen some great things um avaldi has looked awesome you know he looks like a guy that you feel comfortable with at the top of your rotation Uh, Michael Wacca has been a surprise, but he's been great. His change has been really working for him. Um, A couple Mm of really solid outings. Um, But then there's been, you know, some rough stuff. We've had uh, Nick Pavetta, obviously, and Rich Hill, um, fresh off the uh, Marathon Monday appearance. Um, Some tough starts. So, you know, what are we feeling? State of the rotation right now.
1: Um, It's not great. (laughs) I mean... Yeah, like you said, <laughs> Nate, like, we we trust Nate, and God, like, after that, it's a bunch of question marks, you know? Like, yeah. you know, uh, Waka looked good through two starts, like you said. Who knows if that continues? Rich Hill keeps giving up bombs. Like, it's nice to throw five innings, but if you give up five runs, that's not productive. That's, you know, a nine-year We can't have that. And then... um Hauk is... You never you never know what you're going to get out of Tanner yeah. Hauk. So the first start was pretty rough, and then this last start he threw, what, five scoreless? Yeah. But it felt like he could give up runs at any time in that start. And yeah. so you don't feel great about it. Um, yeah. yeah, it's... And there's no... There's no cavalry coming anytime soon, you know, until June at the earliest. Yeah. So... You, I mean, what is it? Connor Siebold is kind of like the guy that's on the farm that you would hope for, and then... Who,
0: I will say, has thrown 11 consecutive scoreless frames right now. Oh, there so, we go. So that's something I uh, hope for. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, they, it's not going mean, to be Connor Crawford. On... Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't think so. I, I do, like you said, I mean, it's it's Connor Siebold, who I, I, at this point, you know, I know it's 11 scoreless innings, which is super small, but that's, that's great. Um, he's a guy that I would like to. I mean, you might need to see him up sooner rather than later. Um, I think Cora and, and the Red Sox mentality is that, you know, they want to be patient with these guys. Um, I don't know if you saw Darwin's and Hernandez had an immaculate inning, but on eight pitches. On eight the pitches? Other day. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, so, and he's another guy that, you know, as much as we haven't seen a lot of great stuff from him, Cora has said, you know, they didn't really get a chance to develop him because, you know, rushing him to get up in the postseason. Um, But also, you know, with the shortened 2020 season, you know, shortened spring training this year. um, I mean, Darwin's is not going to be a starter in the bullpen. It's not something I'm worried about. So that's totally different thing. Uh, I'm looking at Chris sale and going, when the fuck can we get Chris sale back? Because that's, uh, I mean, that you need that bad. And that's, again, that's not going to be till June at least. So you're looking at at least another month and a half where you're going to have to fill these holes. Um, I mean, we've been lucky that the bullpen's been so good because it, it's keeping Boston in these games. I mean, Boston, the Red Sox get a couple runs in this game against the Blue Jays early. All of a sudden, you know, you're back in this game. You know, it was just yeah. that bad second inning, and they're hanging around. Um, and thank God. And then all of the a sudden, our players started night. dying. Yeah. Oh, dude. Well, the good news. What is happened like, to JD? What? I
1: missed that. I just like I saw um, him hit a double, and then he was walking off the field.
0: Yeah, so it was something running to second. They said it uh left adductor strain. So nothing serious. Um I mean so, anytime
1: he starts running, he hurts something. So
0: Absolutely. Yeah, just home runs. Oh, running is not good with JD. Yeah. yeah. So, but nothing serious. Um Trevor Story getting hit in the head, scared the fuck out of me. That was terrifying. And then he immediately earned the respect of everyone in Boston by being like, "No, I'm fucking staying in the game." And I was like, "No, yeah. I mean, 93 to the head, I'm done. He I'm probably out." Probably
1: should have taken taken the night off at that point. But yeah. hey, props to him.
0: I don't know if you saw. Um, I, I don't like so. I've. It seems like the reaction I've loved it. Kevin Euclid so far in the booth has been great, but uh, tough one when uh, Trevor Story popped out to left and Euclid reacted like he hit it into the fucking parking lot.
1: Did he really? I missed. Yeah, that part. dude. I.
0: Yeah, well, Celtics going on.
1: There was a shot um, of, I don't know, like, because I had it on silent. I was watching the Celtics. And, like, they showed this shot of, like, the fly ball going up the left field. And it was like, oh, that's fucking gone. And then it just, like, drops right in front of the monster and the guy catches it. I feel like that happened three times tonight.
0: Yeah. uh, What was it? Uh, It was Mike. Bad job by Nesson. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, Mike Monaco was given uke shit because every time the ball would go in the air he'd be like whoa and he'd be like oh everything's a home run he's like dude i don't think he's not used to being in the booth yet where like everything in the air looks like it's a home run yeah Uh,
1: definitely (laughs) which
0: which is so funny but uh he's also obsessed
1: with catching a ball in the press box
0: oh yeah he he wants it like every time like you'll see him like stop every single foul ball oh shit (laughs) uh listen i actually really enjoy that energy i feel like especially i'm like a game like tonight where the Red Sox offense didn't do a whole lot and it was pretty much a whole lot of nothing after the second inning. Uh, yeah. I thought the commentary was really good. Um, I don't know if you caught any of the, the Jerry Remy tribute stuff. That was really awesome.
1: Yeah, that was really good.
0: Mm hmm. My, uh, my brother is at the game tonight. I'm like, Oh, nice. Uh, I'm like, please give me your Jerry Remy patch, please. Uh, I would like that very yeah. much. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah
1: the um, Sean McDonough speech was was really good.
0: Oh, so good! Um, I thought it was cool. They had uh, all eight full time sideline reporters together because I feel like that, that was, was like my childhood, cool. like all the memories of that stuff. Hmm. Everybody yeah. was there. Yaz, get, let's go get. Oh, uh, so that was Lynn. cool. Yeah, they. um... No, man. It's, I mean, I think that's the cool thing about being a Red Sox fan. It's like it's not just the history, but like everybody comes out. Um, I thought that was that was cool. So, and the fact that. You know, all the shots of I, I, I love that Nesson's leaving Jerry's spot empty for the season or however. Oh, long. very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So um that was cool. I'm jealous that my brother got to be there for that, but uh happy I got to witness it on television. Um but yeah. Uh back to the Red Sox. Uh yeah, starting starting <laughs> pitching. Warm, yeah. Uh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> uh thing I do like the bullpen. The bullpen has been awesome. Uh, Tyler fucking Danish tonight, throwing his 86 mile an hour fastball, striking out five guys, five of the seven guys he faced. The only guy that reached base was a Vlad walk, uh, in which he did a full count. It wasn't even like it was a bad AB. Um, dude was paying corners.
1: You can walk Vlad whenever you want.
0: Absolutely. And like, and, and that's how you should approach Vlad. It's, you know, we're not going to give him anything to send over the monster.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, And so that was, I mean, that was, you know, it, that was cool. And um, I tweeted something out. It was first time he had ever struck out the side in his career. He had only made 11 appearances, but it was his first appearance since 2018. Uh, it was just the second time in his career he had five or more strikeouts in an outing. Um, and it was his first hitless appearance in 1,356 days. Nice. So, you know, like it, first appearance. So obviously not a lot to actually look and break down uh i just enjoyed the fact that it was just a great had he fucking pitched story.
1: before tonight had he pitched nope. before this, this is his
0: first appearance he since... went through
1: 12 fucking 11 games and didn't pitch amazing
0: didn't pitch yeah uh and i i do feel like because he hadn't thrown since 2018 that you know ac was like waiting for a game to be like let's just throw this guy in so if it's bad you know we're Definitely. not going to do anything worse um yeah. another guy by the way another tough matt barnes appearance today not great.
1: Yeah, he doesn't look good, man. Seven three
0: six ERA right now. Yeah, um, made me feel good the first time. You know, I don't know if it's just when whenever you don't watch Matt Barnes that he pitches well. Uh, but
1: yeah, I mean, I was his, in and out on him tonight. I wasn't like watching intently. Yeah, but I just like I don't know. I was watching him throw balls. It wasn't good. Yeah, but I mean, listen,
0: I, they don't really need Matt Barnes. I mean, it would be nice to have Matt Barnes right now, but mm-hmm. I mean, it'd
1: be nice. Yeah, Because then, you know, the more relievers we have, the the better our chance of moving Garrett Whitlock into the rotation.
0: Yeah, because you're right. Like, what we
1: need. But uh, mm-hmm. I did like Cora going, you know, for the throat with Whitlock last night. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in the ninth, Did you see his comments after the game where he was like, yeah, I, I went for the win because it felt like a playoff game?
0: Yeah. Which, again, you know, it's funny because there's so many people that are going to say, you know, it's only April – You know, these games don't really matter. But it's like, against the Blue Jays, they fucking do.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: And especially because... Against any AL East team. Yeah. I mean, look at the way the AL East is right now. I mean, uh, going into tonight, all four of those teams were 6-5. and That's
1: exactly how we expected it to be. Already.
0: And that's how it's going to be all year. And, you know, you're going to see stretches where, you know, one team's really good, but it's going to be the back and forth. Uh, it'll be fun. I mean, we're all just
1: waiting for that stretch where the Orioles get hot, you know, and, and they're going to take first place. But, <laughs> but the rest of us, you know, we're, we're fighting for second place at the moment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I. You know what? Uh, I love Cedric Mullins, Trey Mancini. Uh, I don't know anyone. Yeah, give me, give me that that Baltimore Orioles run. I'm waiting for it.
1: Yeah, just delaying it's the
0: inevitable, really. Absolutely. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, bullpen. Uh, first off, I mean, I feel like. I didn't know how I felt about it at first, but fucking Hansel Robles, man. I mean, I didn't realize yeah. until I looked it up tonight that he hasn't allowed a run since August thirtieth of last year.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. And then he he went, I guess, you know, the whole month of September, or whatever, without giving up a run. Yeah. And then we signed him to what, a minor league deal, right? In spring training? Like yeah. how was no one else in on him? I don't yeah. I don't understand. Maybe we're the only ones that had unlocked the greatness of Hansel Robles.
0: Yeah, I just, like... I mean, it's bizarre, so... But
1: he's also still... I don't know, I I felt more confident watching him this season, but I remember last season, even in September, when he wasn't giving up runs, it was still terrifying when he was on the mound.
0: Yeah. So, it's been 19 games since uh, Hansel Robles has given up a run. Um, The only... Pitchers with longer stretches are Koji Uehara, or in the last, sorry, with longer stretches in the last 10 seasons. That is very important. Okay. Last decade. But it's important. Koji did it twice. Josh Taylor last year when he went 26 games and 21 innings without giving up a run. and then was Joe crazy. Kept. People forget about that. Yeah. Like, Josh, yeah. And especially with Josh Taylor not out, speaking of another guy who, if he could come back and, you know, maybe then we see less of Matt Barnes, would be mm-hmm. pretty good. Um, we should hopefully see him back at some point. I actually have no idea what the status on Josh Taylor is. I know he was doing, I mean, he was throwing.
1: <laughs> you ever remember <laughs> how much money we still owe Matt Barnes?
0: Uh, how much money do we still owe
1: Matt Barnes? I think it's like $21 million.
0: <laughs> oh boy. I... Something like that. Oh my God.
1: We'll look it up Wait. on COTS contracts.
0: Yeah, that's it. We love we love a good COTS contract. All right, well you look that up. Absolutely. Uh, Another guy that I I mean, there's a couple really in fucking impressive uh Red Sox bullpen guys so far, but two who were the two uh signings that they had in the offseason. You have Jake Diekman, who I really liked initially right off the way, but he seems to kind of have cemented himself um in a late inning relief role, whether that's a closer, whether that's just high leverage. Um, but Matt Strom, too. The two of those guys have combined for an yeah, array of zero nine six. Yeah, and you know, that was the one you were kinda like it felt like a Garrett Richards, Martin Perez kind of deal where, you know, you sign somebody and you, you you know you hope that they, you know, find something that once was or you know was missing. You're that piece, but um, yeah, I I like both those guys. And uh, I mean, Hein Bloom again. You look at all three of those guys between Diekman, between Strom, and between Robles. Those are all acquisitions that Hein Bloom and the Red Sox have made uh, within the last you know half season really you know the end of 2021 and the beginning of this year uh and i mean that's the difference to me between a good team and a great team is when you find those guys under the radar value guys even even on a team like the red sox where you can go spend because when the guys like matt barnes who you are paying a lot of money aren't paying off for you you need guys that can come in and fill
1: absolutely i mean it's just time taking what he learned in Tampa, you know, and and applying it here and just constantly being on the lookout for under the radar relievers who he, you know, you can make one mechanical change or one change to their repertoire or, you know, just anything with their delivery. And all of a sudden they're, you know, maybe not dominant, but they're solid. And, you know, you get a good group of those guys and uh, it really adds up. Yeah. So also, I, um, update on Matt Barnes' contract. Not as bad as I thought. Only okay. we owe him eight million dollars this year. Not great. We owe him eight million dollars next year. Also not great. not great. But then we get a, a two million dollar buyout on his twenty twenty four amount. So
0: that's that's good.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. I, I mean it's just crazy. And obviously again, I'm gonna say this until you know mid May, late May. It's early. You hope that he figures out what this mechanical thing is. Um, it has only been a handful of appearances. Um, but, yeah, I mean, right now I would not, you know, the only takeaway from this right now is I wouldn't put Matt Barnes in any sort of high leverage situation. You're, you're sticking in more game like tonight where you're already down uh, and you're just kind of seeing what he does. Um, so, yeah, I mean, overall, feel really good about the Boston Red Sox bullpen. Uh, yep. So on that, you know, that's, that's great. Um, A guy who's surprised me on the hitting side of the baseball. uh, How about fucking Jackie Bradley Jr. First off, started off two for two tonight. uh, Is hitting over 400 in the last seven games, uh, which is the best in the Red Sox. And his average is up to, I believe it's 286 right now. He's hitting 286. um, Which if you had told me at the beginning of the year that Jackie Bradley would hit 286 plus what he brings in the field, I would be very happy with that.
1: Yeah, I mean, Jackie's a streaky hitter. You know, it's what he's always been. And right now he's on a hot streak. And it's just a question of how long it's going to go before he gets on a cold streak. And then, you know, if somebody else can get hot and take over once he gets in that cold streak. But, you know, it's good to see that he's not hitting like 155 like he was last year or whatever it was, Um, which he was for the first couple of games. But that's, you know, the first couple of games. Like Mookie's hitting 155 right now um Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean it's it's good to see we've been basing a lot of righty starters lately so that's that's good having jackie's defense in right field and um it's just the the lineup doesn't feel like it's clicking yet easy to say after we scored one run tonight obviously but it uh i don't know you have these start times that are one o'clock and 11 o'clock and four o'clock and it's hard to get in a groove. You have these cold fucking games in Boston. And I feel like, you know, once they start to get some consistent night games and a consistent, uh, warm weather or domes or whatever it is, uh, maybe they can start to get it rolling, but it's just, it feels inconsistent. I mean, we had what 10, 11 hits tonight and one run. So that's just feels like a lineup that you have individual guys that are that are hitting well, and the lineup's just not uh, cohesive right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, and that's that's the thing is it's, like, guys hitting in key situations, right? The Red Sox were something like – at one point they were 1 for 7 with runners in scoring position. I believe they ended 1 for 11 with runners in scoring position. So, again, you know, and that's the other thing. Obviously, if you're trying to break everything down into one game, you're going to be miserable. There are going to be games where you just don't get those base hits when it counts – um there was just situations where things didn't drop they were getting chances um honestly a lot of times they were getting guys in scoring position with two outs so it was just you know tough situations where you were hoping you could make something of it um and it just didn't happen um like you said when the lineup starts to come together and you you have a lineup that's so deep so you're going to get a lot of chances with like Trevor Story he's had 6 ABs with runners in scoring position right now and he's 3 for 6 with runners in scoring position but he just hasn't been up in those big situations um he's yet to hit a long ball which obviously you know you expect to see from a guy like Trevor Story but he's also a guy that missed games at the beginning of the year with you know a stomach bug or food poisoning or whatever it was um so then he
1: got hit in the face
0: yeah so it's like okay give the guy a break you know he's gotta you know take some time to figure it out um yeah you know some good signs is you know Verdugo continues to play really well which is great you know he's a guy that I I, wa- I said would do well, but again, like realistically, if he's hitting well to go with the rest of those guys like Devers, um, Bogarts has been you know figuring it out after a slower start to the season, um, mm-hmm. which is what you really wanted to see. Um, Kike again after a you know zero for nineteen start for him is starting to hit the baseball. Um, like you said, once you kind of start seeing that all come together, and you've seen it in a couple games this year where all of a sudden you know everything just kind of starts clicking, um, but. We're just, yeah, we're, we're kind of getting comfortable. You're figuring out what's going to work or not. Um, and it's, you know, it's a long. We have 150 more fucking games after this.
1: Yeah. And I do have one request uh, at the current moment. If Rafi could stop swinging at everything, that'd be great. Like, dude, we know that you can hit everything, but you don't have to hit everything. And if you yeah. didn't swing at everything, then you might get some better pitches to hit. So like his on base percentage right now is very closely tied with his average. He's not walking at all. And like that's the next step for him yeah. is to is to bring that patience into the equation. He's never gonna be a big walks guy, probably. He loves a swing, that it is what it is, yeah. but he's gotta be a little bit more selective. Yeah, uh, cuz him grounding into the shift every third at bat is killing me.
0: Yeah, cuz that's some stuff. So, uh just in case you were wondering, so his his walk rate last year was 9.3%, which was the highest it's ever been in his career. Um this year, his walk rate is currently 2.1%. And um, yep, that's in the right. bottom 7% of the league. The the different the good thing is is so vice versa Strike or his K rate last year was twenty one and a half percent. His K rate this year is twelve point five percent, so a nine percent drop there. So he is striking out less, but like you said, when you're swinging at bad pitches, you're hitting you're grounding out more, you're hitting into more double plays. So it's really he's not basically, beneficial.
1: He's basically trying to be Stephen Kwan at the moment. And yep. we don't need him to be Stephen Kwan. That's not what he's no. there for.
0: No. And again, he's Getting more notoriety in the league. He's a guy that, you know, got MVP votes last year. is expected to get MVP votes again this year. Um, mm-hmm. They're not going to give you pitches to hit unless you make them give you pitches to hit, which is exactly again, like look at a guy like flad Jr. He didn't do a lot today, but he drew three walks because he's going to sit there and make you pitch to him. And if not, yeah. he's going to gladly take first base. And that's kind of the difference right now between those two. And that's why, you know, it's, I mean, you're comparing a really good player to a a good player uh you know but that's that's the difference is being able to be patient and and it's hard because that's kind of how Raphael Devers is he wants to smack the shit out of the baseball every time he gets up to the plate
1: right and I think he'll he'll go through stretches you know because I think it kind of it goes hand in hand like you are hitting the shit out of the ball and then you start swinging at everything and then you realize you can't swing at everything so you kind of come back a little bit then you hit the shit out of the ball. So it's going to fluctuate but yeah. at the current moment he's swinging at everything and it's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um
0: and you know again on nights where you're just trying to get runs on the board and you need to start stuff like a walk's big, you know. It yeah. Doesn't necessarily need to be a home run that starts a rally, it can be getting a couple guys on base to start and then having you know that that's one of the things that um Bryce Harper does very well. Is Bryce Harper kind of understands situations, hey, You know, guy behind me is hitting the shit out of the baseball right now. I know that. Hey, we need a big run. I'm first thing I'm going to do is get on base. Like Bryce Harper, really great. And when you need to, he's just going to bunt against the shift, and he's going to just get on base. And Mm -hmm. that's exactly what you need Devers to. You know, that's that's the next step. That's evolving into great players. You know, also understanding. You know, situationally, I can help my team in other ways besides you know hitting a home run, but. Besides that, you know, I've really loved what I've seen in the field this year out of Devers. Um, mm-hmm. Kevin, you yeah, touched better. on it tonight. Um, there was a play where, you know, he tried to turn two, but the first thing he did was tag the guy at third, which was smart because it's like, okay, it was still going to be hard to turn two going second first so at least get that lead runner, you know, a guy that's not quite as close to home. Um, stuff like that and the bang, bang, and you're seeing stuff like that. That's really great. That's going to make the difference. But, yeah, uh, don't, you know, swing at pitches that are out of the strike zone. That'd be really good.
1: That'd be great.
0: Channel your Juan Soto. We don't ask right? for much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, my my general reaction to the um, first twelve games of the season, so you know, again, very small chunk is you know, I don't know, I'm not I'm not I'm not panicked. I think there's you know obviously, people that you know you you talk about level of concern all the time with how things are going. Um, but it just feels like, like you said, there's just the small details that you're trying to work out. You're trying to work out those kinks, still a lot of new pieces in the lineup. You're trying to figure out roles for everybody, where they're going to be, who they're going to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm just like, fuck yeah. Like, mm-hmm. let's do this. And <laughs> first two games against the, the Blue Jays, you split them. That's pretty good. Uh, what is it? Two more games in a series now? Is this a four game or three?
1: Uh, three. We got a four gamer next week.
0: That's right. That's what it is. So, I mean, that's going to be the interesting thing is when we talk next week, you know, we're going to be in the middle of that four-game series as well. Um, Those are a really important, you know, so that's a good chunk of your season against the Toronto Blue Jays will be done in April, Um, Um, which, by the way, is also really interesting. I mean, I I think it's great they did that because it gives you something to care about early in the baseball season. But mm -hmm. it's just interesting because you're going to get through that and be like, okay, you know, how do you feel about the Red Sox? In the AL East, you know they—if they go and For lose sure, yeah. the next five games against the Toronto Blue Jays, you're going to feel a lot worse than if they go, you know, at least split those games.
1: Yeah. Plus, we got the raise this weekend, so yeah, it's going to be uh, yeah. a good test. And like you said, they're all, they're figuring shit out at this point. This is not the roster that it's going to be in September. This is no. not the bullpen or the rotation that it's going to be in September. So. I mean that's what the first three, four months of the season is for is is kind of figuring it out as you go and we have some answers and we got a lot of answers left to get, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. So well all right, Spencer. Uh more important, the fucking Boston Celtics won tonight. Let's uh, fucking go. Fuck the and Nets. And Kyrie can give his middle finger all that he wants to the Boston Celtics crowd. You can um, go they go. know that they're up uh two to zero. In this series, the Boston Celtics all-time are 40-1 and in seven-game series, when going up two games to zero. Uh, pretty good. Feeling pretty good going back to Brooklyn. Absolutely. Uh, look, not even Ben Simmons can save you now, Brooklyn. Uh, but that's my question to happen. you, Mr. Wellington, yes, uh, was <laughs> probably not going to happen. And even if, uh, I don't know. Uh, listen, just make Ben Simmons shoot the ball. But uh for <laughs> so baseball podcast. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to do, uh, we're going to frame this as a baseball question. Mm-hmm. Uh, and since, you know, this is the start of the Boston Celtics championship run, obviously, um, I was just thinking, and this is something I was pondering while I was watching the game tonight, both games. Um, one Boston Red Sox player, who are you picking who you think could compete in the NBA? You're picking one of those guys in your in your roster right now.
1: Um, I think I'm picking Jackie okay i was thinking between jackie and trevor story see,
0: um, i was thinking story too potentially
1: i'm thinking like trevor story would be a good point guard um yep. and then jackie bradley is probably your shooting guard yeah um yeah i don't know they're just like two of the more athletic guys on the team maybe kike you know kind of gives me that uh idea it's not going to be I-, I don't see devers as a basketball player. I don't see no. Verdugo as a basketball player. I don't really see any of our pitchers as basketball players. Wow. No. So. I don't um, know. Get,
0: well, get Chris Sale with his long arms in the paint. I don't know. No. He's, <laughs> no,
1: he would look so out of place. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but
1: yeah, Trevor Story would just be like that. He would be like Marcus Smart, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, that, and like, that's probably. a player good. of the year, by the way.
0: Yeah. Listen, don't forget. Uh, Put and some respect guard, on his name. First, and by the way, first guard to win defensive player of the year in our lifetime it was gary payton in 95 96 so let's go uh pretty for Marcus smart uh i picked kike hernandez um utility guy that was my thought was you know a guy who can kind of play anywhere um and you're talking about a guy like like you said like you you put him at like point guard obviously but he's a guy that i feel like you know again can play everywhere scrappy uh coming off the bench i I can see him as a sixth man yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Go, you know, go get you 10 15 points a night, you know, driving trying to feed the ball to everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Give me Kike Hernandez. That's that's what I'm putting in here. Um, that's fair. my Hernandez uh Celtics jersey will be coming in the mail. Cool. So um, <laughs> uh didn't hype me up. That's fine. I'm excited about it. I didn't it, but... All right. Well, since it's uh, since we decided to record a late podcast, and we'll give the people a break, uh, that's all we got for today. Just remember, Wayne, first and foremost, Spencer is wrong. Uh, Nick Pavetta. I mean, listen, I, I hope you're right. I want Nick Pavetta to be an all-star.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I'm right, because Alex Verdugo is fucking amazing, and he'll just keep hitting the shit out of the baseball. Uh, I,
1: hope, I hope that is the case. I hope you're right. And
0: rubber match tomorrow. Red Sox, Blue Jays uh before we head the weekend series against the race uh all right folks spencer any any final thoughts you want to give for the crowd
1: um no i just hope we win the series against the blue jays because everyone's fucking obnoxious on the blue jays bandwagon so
0: let's go well i'm on hope the we win, and
1: bandwagon. then um yeah we'll we'll beat the race too so on to canada
0: all right on to canada <laughs> we'll see y'all next week